0: okay we are live i guess technically in some fashion uh ladies and gentlemen welcome to slam up wrestling myself supreet and this is your aew dynamite review for december 8th yep. 2021 and i'm joined by Ridwan here what did you think about dynamite here uh which took place in long island new york in the i think it's the usb arena Wait, UBS, U- Arena, UBS,
1: right? UBS Arena, yes. Did I say USB? Yes, you did.
0: <laughs> okay, my bad. But what did you think about the show?
1: I thought it was a great show. I mean, they built it as such, even though it was like, sadly, they just built it up as like a pretty great show. And it was, of course, a homecoming of MJF and whatever we saw with him, whatever we saw in the main event and everything in between. I thought it was, yeah, overall a pretty good show. What did you think about it?
0: Um, yeah, for me, it was a really good show, but I'm feeling the concept of dynamite for the last three weeks has been different. I don't know if it it, it has to do with, uh, you know, opening the show with segments, promo segments are not a wrestling match.
1: Yes, you, you, I mean, you're, good, you're right with that. Like they are, they keep changing up things like each and every single week. Sometimes they do a promo. It's mostly tag team matches or, you know, matches in general. But yeah, I think, yeah, for the past three weeks, there has been a promo. Yes, there was like CM Punk MJF thing. And before that, uh, the hangman's celebration. And last week, last week, what was the last week?
0: Like this three, like I'm saying, this three weeks has been, uh, okay, the first week was... The full the show after full gear, they did something with Hangman and Danielson. Yes,
1: yes, I remember that. And the and week after week that, happened... no, the week after that was CM Punk and MJF having their promo off, and last week is what I'm trying to remember. the oh, last week was the match, right? Uh, Danielson versus Allen Angels. Uh yeah. Yes,
0: so, and
1: this week you, we you have. You get an... my
0: point? They're trying. Yeah. yeah, they're trying to go into that. You know, opening. Uh, something with either Danielson or Punk mostly in a promo segment but I would love it if they keep the regular thing with the matches, give us a hot match and then put the a hot segment in the middle.
1: That's what but also depends on what the crowd wants to see or what is like uh, you know pretty heavily built leading into that particular episode because last week yeah, Danielson and Angels match was like pretty hyped of a, like in uh, respect and uh, before that was like CM Punk's homecoming in Chicago and then of course the MJF thing which was hot in itself so
0: but uh, and another thing for this show I think crowd it was a good crowd but I think they were mostly hot for you know if there uh, if there was a hometown guy or yes. some good enough segments yeah the rest of the matches they were kind of dead in some parts
1: yeah i mean this this uh most of this episode was filled with like you know hometown pops so kudos
0: but uh we'll get through the entire show but before that if you are new to slam up wrestling then make sure to like share subscribe do all that fun stuff uh check out our other content Links provided in the description below but uh so they kicked off aew uh, here in long island with uh, Uh, No, just basic intro and suddenly we hear the theme song of Maxwell Jacob Friedman Really good pop, but who comes out? It's CM Punk and this crowd Was pissed like insane boost for CM Punk didn't even care who that was like That was kind of a disrespect to the Long Island Faithfuls. They wanted to see MJF, but here comes CM Punk (laughs) Excuse me, but Okay. CM Punk is basically enjoying here
1: yeah. He... like
0: he's loving the heat
1: oh man if not sure if it was CM Punk or Bully Ray for a moment the heat yeah, he the loved heat. the heat the heat was outstanding man like it could it could end winter
0: <laughs> and uh, so he just you know loving the hate that he's getting, he's getting from the crowd and the few things he mentioned in this promo said is that all you got Long Island, Chicago Chicago was way better than you.
1: Chicago was way better.
0: That is actually true. Chicago was a pretty better crowd than the rest of the, you know, cities that you had to be I
1: mean, Chicago has kind of become their home territory in a way. Like, I know it's Jacksonville with all the daily space shows that they've done. But when it comes to big events, most of what it is they've done, it's in Chicago. So you could kind of call that. It's like... It's like WWF in uh, New York, or WWE in New York, because they're like somewhat of the home base, even though Jacksonville is like, and Connecticut in WWE's case.
0: So is Punk here, is shitting on Long Island here, and continuously is just shitting on their team. Uh, Is it the Islanders?
1: Yep. It's a hockey team, National Hockey League team.
0: Oh, I thought it was a football team.
1: Nah, I mean... Their football team is New York uh, G- Giants, I think, yeah.
0: Is it New York or some
1: else? No, it's... Does Long it's, Island
0: it's, has a special football team?
1: No, I mean, Long Island is part of New York, so...
0: Then is New Jersey part of New York? That's my question.
1: Somewhat. I mean, they are just interconnected uh, right, right next to each other, so...
0: But anyways, he's shitting on the crowd, their hockey team. And I think he, CM Punk was trying his best to, you know, keep the fans, you know, booing him. I think there could have been one point that the crowd would have chanted uh, CM Punk, CM Punk. I think it initially started, but when he started the promo, the crowd was fully hitting him.
1: Yes, and there were like brief instances during his promo where the crowd was chanting. Like, they weren't even chanting STFU, but they were like chanting... uh... Please keep talking. I heard that briefly and also of course the CM Punk chance. Like it's not it wasn't anything compared to the MJF chance or such chance.
0: And how did I forget, man? Before I starting this review, how did I forget? This is the same thing people were fantasizing or, you know, fantasy booking when Punk's debut was about to happen. It was originally going to be MJF coming out to Punk's theme. But this time, Punk got the opportunity and he turned the tables, basically.
1: Yeah, Punk played the Uno reverse card to us fantasy bookers and good on it. Because if had MJF come out to Punk's team, I would have hated it so much. Like, you know, when everyone was predicting it to happen when during Punk's debut. But uh, what do you say, like, for a moment like this, at such an opportunity or at this point in the feud, I think it was justified. And it was something different to what everyone was expecting, which is always a good thing, or often.
0: And Punk here is basically doing a parody of his own, you know, original debut. Coming out, you know, it's getting the heat here, and he did the part where, you know, it's getting hot in here. He took off his jacket, he has a new shirt by the way, and it is the four pillar shirt, but... We have you know Brit Baker, Dr. Brit Baker replacing MJF here and he brought up the fact that is this your guy MJF who who, you know uh, keeps on you know uh, insulting me that you know uh, that me CM Punk you know wants to get into Brit Baker's you know what and he's basically shitting on MJF and you know he's kind of disappointed Punk is you know showing his displeasure that you know MJF ruined his homecoming in his hometown in Chicago so What did you basically what did you think about this entire segment here with Punk, you know, being the healer? Thoughts on this one?
1: i thought it was brilliant because i mean there's anyone who's mastered on the mic is of course cm punk and you know be it heel or face he knows how to play to the crowd strength and of course like with mjf coming back to his hometown he was always going to get cheered and he did get even later on in the show and at this point like you know when punk came out before punk came out so it was it was like a bret hart in canada situation where brett you know, whenever he was a heel in the US, but whenever he used to go to Canada, he was a hometown hero. So they just played into that aspect, and I thought it was it was done very, very well.
0: And in that case, uh, Punk a Shawn Michaels in Toronto. Mm.
1: Shawn Michaels... Or Canada. In, in or Montreal. Sorry, Montreal. 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 Uh, why am
0: I saying Toronto?
1: Nah, it's, it's okay.
0: But... I, I thought it was really good you know i think it really it actually works in aw like it is the aw thing you know they uh, they actually don't follow the uh, this guy is a heel this guy is a beef that strictly like they go with the flow
1: yep i mean i i can't say anything more than that but uh, yeah this was this was a very good promo by punk hands down awesome stuff
0: and Another thing we forgot to mention, Punk is actually, you know, the story is he is calling out MJF, but MJF is trying to escape him. That's what he mentioned in his promo. And yeah. he's looking forward to the world title match between Hangman and Danielson next week for Winter is Coming. And whoever comes out to, uh, victorious, he wants to, you know, be the next guy to challenge for the world title. But also he mentioned that your hero, Long Island hero, MJF also, you know, wants to to get that title shot. But Punk is the guy that wants that first title shot. And he will get that first title shot. So that's the story. And it's very intriguing to see how where this story goes from now. Now that they mentioned the world title picture.
1: Yes. I feel this is a, this is a match they can do probably at the TBS premiere. Or uh, oh, they they have a Jacksonville show coming up. or So probably there or even before that. But uh, we are getting this match a lot sooner than what I expected or uh, what I was hoping for. I'm still happy to see it, and uh, of course, like you know, this, this is this is going to be a great match because MJF, like people, like I've mentioned this in the past, like you know, people give him far more credit on the mic than uh, in the ring, and in the ring he's been improving like leaps and bounds over the past year and no better way to to stamp that of course while facing someone like cm punk so it's going to be awesome
0: hey, correct me if i'm uh, wrong um did they announce this match punk versus mj
1: no they did not punk just uh, laid out the challenge to him so that's it
0: so for a second i thought they were going to announce it for winter is coming
1: so nah, i they didn't. think
0: it is a It's uh, maybe there's a possibility they could stretch it out till a full revolution.
1: revolution. I hope they do that because, like, imagine if uh, CM Punk is making his entrance and then he gets jumped on by uh, his goons, Wardlow and Sean Spears, and then later on, till probably, you know, by the time he comes back or. He's in like decent enough shape to face MJF or with a better mind, then they could stretch it out till revolution. I hope they do though.
0: Speaking of which Punk did mention that he doesn't have to do anything with the rest of the Pinnacle. He only wants MJF.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's mentioned them and of course they are the, his insurance policy. So there is like a good, a great chance that they'll get involved and stop Punk from, you know, facing MJF and delay it for like a bit.
0: But uh, speaking about MJF, let's get to his segment. And he was part of the AW uh, Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royale. You know, you know the rules we got at least uh, 12 to 13 guys in Twelve. battle it's a,
1: Yes, it's a dynamite dozen battle royale. Yeah, I think they mentioned it. So it's 12 people.
0: So the rules is, you know, just a basic battle royale. But the last two, you know, participants are basically the winners and they will face they'll have a singles match on next week that is winter is coming and uh, this wasn't much you know not, the main star here in this match was mjf Not to be for obvious reasons
1: yes I, I like the intro that they gave to him like you know there was a there was a package that aired. he was like driving his ferrari across his uh college football college football oh, field oh,
0: oh, oh was it a ferrari or a lamborghini
1: i thought it was a ferrari
0: it kind of looked like a lamborghini to me
1: no as in like you know when he opened the car right so there was a logo on the steering wheel so i thought yeah i think it was a ferrari
0: and this uh, package they did for mjf was really good yeah for one sec for uh, for a second the narrator is very strict you know doing listing of accomplishments of mjf And then he talks about, you know, MJF pulling chicks. And he's like, come on, bro.
1: Yeah, dude, this is awesome, bro. (laughs) This is like a very MJF line. And then they were mentioning his uh, collegiate achievements, like, you know, from his football days to his amateur wrestling days. I wasn't aware that he was an accomplished amateur wrestler. So that's like a really good thing. And like a lot of his AEW achievements, like he was undefeated or something like that. And uh, then it ends with, I'm better than, Then he claims to be better than you and you know it. And then MJ just winks at the camera and then fade to black. And then he makes his entrance and uh, he gets And The pop that he got was, I mean, of course, unexpected, but unexpected in terms of, you know, in like a general consensus. But of course, it was Long Island. So, of course, he was going to get like the... Cheered the hell out of the place, but the best thing about—I mean—one of the few good things about it was, of course, Tony Shavani's reaction. Is like you're getting MJF posters in the crowd. What's wrong with you? Is he a role model? I don't think so. He's <laughs> then he just tries starts uh, keeps berating him and, uh, like every single opportunity that he got. Taz was his only defendant though.
0: Yeah. Uh, on that note, do you think they wasted the pop here for MJF?
1: Why would you say that?
0: Like, the first pop, the initial reaction when that first music hit is known um, as when you get a large pop. But uh, my question is, did they wasted the poppy?
1: I don't think so because, like, it, it went, it can, it goes both ways. Because on one hand, you said like you know, starting the crowd of hot with a hometown hero coming in, but then like there was an obvious line to it because like you know, CM Punk was getting the heat. So I thought it worked in that sense, and the MJF, like when he was cheered, when I mean when he arrived and he was cheered. So that was like uh, they knew it was him, and like you know they cheered the hell out of him anyway. So it was great in that sense.
0: And now, right now MJF is doing the par, you know, doing the parody of Punk's debut now. Finally, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, kneeling down in <laughs> kneeling down in the entrance as, and he's trying to be emotional here. I don't know if it was genuine for a minute or he's being sarcastic.
1: No, it looked, it looked really genuine. I mean, it it could be sarcastic now that you've mentioned it, but it, it was very much genuine to me at least. Like he was just leaning into the crowd, like, you know, hugging them. And then just like, this is is." the, yeah, he he was doing this most of the time, like even after the match. and. like, you know, there was a barricade, he's just there, he's just posing to the crowd, like, yeah, this is my home. And then I thought he was g- <laughs> for one at one point I thought he was going to jump into the crowd like Punk did. S- stays and there.
0: I think he wasn't ready for that.
1: Yeah. But uh, I mean I thought I thought it was a very good moment, uh, by itself, like a hometown hero coming back. And getting cheered, which is like a rare sight of being MJF, that is. Because I was also, like, a part of me was also expecting him to get booed, like, you know, WWE style. People shitting on their hometown while preaching gospel about them everywhere else they go, or uh, like the crowd at least booing him for the fun of it. Even his mom got like a very bad, uh, like a very quirky sign. Like, the last time our son wasn't an asshole and it was a baby picture of MJF. So like even his mom quote-unquote hates him and k so that's- there you go.
0: But it was weird to see but for me this is the best you know this AW gave MGF a mega treatment here with you know his hometown and he felt like a big star. Like no. this episode was dedicated to him. Yeah
1: very much so very much so. Agreed.
0: So it came off great and no props so let's talk about this battle royal. Story of this match, you know, Wardlow is beating everyone while you know protecting MJF. You know, in in one corner MJF, you know, wrestled rarely here.
1: Yeah, he was just getting. Yeah, he was getting in cheap shots whenever there was an opportunity. Like he was going more so after Dante Martin whenever he was isolated. Like Dante was at the bottom left corner of the hard cam, and there was like an opportunity of just beating him. MJF just takes two storms And then he just goes, uh, what do you say, at the apron, just stands into the turnbuckle and just soaks in the isolation. He just does like this and just, I, I thought it was hilarious though.
0: Like forever, for every cheap shot he did, like the crowd, you know, got louder and louder.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's MJF, so.
0: so... Yeah, he's basically being protected by Wardlow in one corner. Wardlow is doing all the heavy lifting here. So at one point, there was uh, a face to face between Wardlow and powerhouse Hobbs. And I said no water, no bread, just meat. Meat. So, so they had a little interaction, you know, with the big man spot. So uh, Hobbs got eliminated at one point by Leo Rush. So there was something between Leo Rush and Dante Martin, they actually didn't fight. So let's um, you know fast forward and get to the final part. So what happened was at least there were three guys. I think it was Zaryn. No, no. No, not Kazarian. No, it
1: was uh, Shorty, It was Wardlow, and uh, there was one more person.
0: Like there were three guys who were trying to eliminate Wardlow.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, they were trying to eliminate Wardlow, and uh, Wardlow is trying to Wardlow is trying to eliminate them at the same time, and then MJF takes the opportunity and just eliminates all of them, and of course Wardlow is pissed at that, and then Sean Spears just tries to calm him down, and then he gets sent to the back. So the final three at that point. Huh? Sorry, you were saying something.
0: I love the fact that Wardlow was so Wardlow uh, became a baby phrase by default. That. Because he was protecting the hometown. Oh,
1: that's there. And like Wardlow, they've been building towards a Wardlow face turn since God knows when. I think probably since the Cody feud or uh, the Mox feud where MJF challenged for the championship. So I think, yeah, from then they've been building because MJF always berates him whenever he gets an opportunity. So it's like one of the best long-term builds that they've done so far.
0: So um, Kazarian was about to jump on MJF. He gets eliminated. We are left with three guys. It's uh, MJF, uh, Dante Martin, and Ricky Starks. So My boy. is happy that this, uh, two of his guys are you know uh, still in this match. But Dante Martin you know, decided to you know, betray Ricky Starks here. You know, he chucks Starks off the top rope. So we are <laughs> left with two guys. His expression was and awesome,
1: they... Ricky Starks.
0: Yeah, Starks is incredible, man. Wow, I so love Ricky MJF, Starks. He's absolute, and we love him as well. Yeah. So, like, like I said, two uh, the two guys were MJF and uh, Dante Martin. MJF is celebrating here, and the crowd is getting louder and louder by minute. So there was this spot where you know MJF decides to you know uh, shake Dante Martin's hand. So Dante was a little effy about it, but finally decided to shake MJF's hand got a good reaction so MJF walks off but uh, Dante Martin was uh, blindsided by Ricky Starks so they were MJ was doing some teasers he's walking you know backstage So decided should I save him or should I not he was teasing it hard and finally decided to jump the ring the uh, huge reaction for that as well went face to face with Ricky Starks but decided to you know attack Dante Martin which was hilarious So there was a two-on-one beatdown on Dante Martin. But who comes with the save? CM Punk. And uh, still getting booed uh, by this crowd. He, you know, uh, saves Dante Martin here. Went face-to-face with Ricky Starks. Hit the GTS on Starks as MJF leaves. You know, Punk and MJF have some war of words. And there you go, man. That's the entire segment. Yep.
1: The the other person who was eliminated along with Wardlow and Shorty was uh, Leo Rush, by the way. So, so
0: Dante Martin here, who technically was a team test member for what two weeks?
1: Two weeks, yeah, because last week it was just a small promo and then he was just uh, celebrating with the key stacks and all and uh, you know, Leo rush. but I must say that I felt a little shortchanged because I was expecting this angle to go a bit longer than expected, but I mean, not longer than expected, like I was hoping this angle to go that it would go long, like it would eventually lead to his brother Darius returning, and uh, from there, Dante would you know reveal that it was a ploy all along. So I well, felt
0: I think I think Mr. Dante Martin uh, did the worst decision of his life,
1: yeah, he's about to get battered, and of course, we'll get to that eventually what you're referring we will we will uh but yeah overall like it also gives you know it also extends the punk ricky stark's angle slash feud if you want to call it because uh, because whenever we see rampage we always see like you know ricky stark shutting on cm punk and of course the punk and team test feud that started after uh all out so they are like of course they're extending that Certainly, the right now the main focus is on Punk and MJF, and this will be a moment that they'll revisit, revisit later in the future once Starks is like you know fully cleared. Because I think that's the reason that they hold uh, held off this feud for a while because you know Starks wasn't fully medically cleared at that point, point. and then of course Punk moved on with his own story. Starks is still there, but yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to see. Of course, the Punk MJF thing is going to be awesome. And later on, Punk and Ricky Stark's feud, of course, that whenever that happens, that is going to be superb as well. So, thumbs up.
0: But moving on, man, we had a random eight-man tag on this show. This was Jurassic Express and the Wall City Blondes. Uh, they were facing the Acclaimed and uh, 2.0. And um, I want to ask you one question, Ridwan.
1: Shoot. Yo. Yo.
0: There you go. That's that's the reaction I was hoping you would give. But uh, this was Another a, you could say boy. it was a good enough uh, eight-man tag. Another hometown guy with uh, Max Carrester. Really good reaction for the acclaimed. Uh, didn't do much with the rap. No, even for one minute he was, you know, claiming he was a good island boy, and and the other second he is just shitting on the Islanders, and there was some Governor or Como line.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't. Who's I mean, Governor Uh Kong? Just one moment.
0: Yeah, Ridwan here doing his research.
1: Okay, he is uh, served as the 56th go- governor of New York from 2011 to 2021. So a politics reference that I wouldn't want to get into at this point. But... Uh, yeah, he was also shitting on the Islanders because they didn't win a match for the longest time and have, hasn't won a trophy for the longest time as well. So that's where, at like, least... that that was the low-hanging fruit in this episode, if you want to call it.
0: Yeah, at least he didn't shit on uh, Julia Hart, thankfully.
1: Yeah, and Jungle Boy as well, if you know, you know.
0: Yeah, speaking about jungle he boy he did he did uh, he did
1: shit on jungle boy but not in the other kind so i'm just trying to you know avoid the controversy as much as as i can
0: another another thing to note that uh, we finally got to see jungle boy and jungle man uh, in the same ring together
1: yeah. griff garrison <laughs> griff garrison right uh, that that was the entire joke right like uh, dark god used to say who the f is griff garrison and then they used to call him jungle man and
0: Stuff. So. so nothing much to take here so they're trying to get uh jurassic express into the you know tag title match or the tag title scene as soon as possible that's the story and i think the rest of these teams are kind in a way are ranked in the top five rankings if i'm not wrong
1: yep All right. I think, yeah, 2.0, they had mentioned they had won seven out of the 11 matches, last 11 matches, which I thought was very impressive. And the acclaimed was also like around the top four. And of course, Jurassic Express is number one and Varsity Blonds is number two. That is something that they had been building on for the past few weeks, even on dark and elevation. I think. Uh, uh, varsity Blondes are getting like a lot more promo time to build their character and claim that they are like around the number one ranking We're the number one ranked teams in AEW.
0: But this was a short and it was a good enough eight man tag you know it really got good at the end and uh, we had a hot tag from Luchasaurus for you know from the babyface team by the way Luchasaurus has really great baby you know hot tag I was about to say babyface tag And uh, the crowd loved uh, Luchasaurus for that reason, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, Luchasaurus, there has, like, for the past few months, I'd say ever since CM Punk returned to, I mean, returned to wrestling and came to sign for AEW, they've gotten a lot more eyes on the product and a lot more viewers. But if there is someone, I'd say, who has benefited from, a like, an entire, you know, leading more to a mass audience and... I'd say it's Luchasaurus because of his abilities as a wrestler and getting a dinosaur gimmick over in what, 2021 and you know with his athleticism and ability to wrestle so I thought he has been he has benefited greatly and he's been like a lot more over and of course with the association with Jungle Boy his theme song is over He's over by association Luchasaurus is also over and Luchasaurus is fucking awesome so what more do you want right is
0: yes, marketable for the oh. casuals
1: Totally,
0: but at the end uh, there was some shenanigans. Like uh, Jungle Boy was about to finish off Max Castor with the snare trap, but here comes uh, Daniel Garcia to call you know for some distraction. But uh, Eddie Kingston came for the save. You know he gets rid of Daniel Garcia and just walks off. So Jungle Boy even got distracted by what was happening at the outside. Uh, Castor you know tried to finish off Jungle Boy with the mic drop, the elbow drop from the top rope. But he missed that and uh, finally Jungle Boy got in the snare trap and Max Caster tapped out with the baby faces get the victory
1: for a so moment, there was something going on. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, for a, for a moment, yeah, that's what for a moment. I thought they were going to give the home hometown boy the victory over here. So I thought this was a good, you know, a small fresh change of pace in that. but uh, it was great. Like it was what was necessary with Jungle Boy and Jungle Boy's team winning because Course, the Luchasaurus are number one ranked, so and they are due a title shot soon.
0: So, there was something like I said going on with Eddie Kingston. He walks off, we see him going to the backstage area, and he was met by OTs of Proud and Powerful. We all know the history between you know, <laughs> Kingston and you know, Proud and Powerful. So, I think he was trying to
1: so a
0: promo, but we couldn't hear anything.
1: Yeah, that was that was bad. But, uh, like, the history that you had alluded to, it's, like, for better or worse, we know the history between Burn Buffle, formerly LAX, and uh, Eddie Kingston. So, they could not, like, we couldn't hear shit of what Eddie Kingston was saying, which is, like, a disappointing, because, of course, like, we love to listen to Eddie Kingston. And then they get jumped from behind by 2.0, and uh, there were, like, a lot of these security guards we trying to save them, but uh, Matt Lee just hits all, all, each and every single security guard with a dustbin. So, there you go. That was the entire segment, a post-match segment, if you will.
0: So this falls in line with, you know, uh, the Jericho thing that they are doing with this said story with Kingston, you know, feuding with, not a feud, but, you know, having problems with 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. So in a way, it kind of makes sense. And I would love if, you know, people say that it would be great if Kingston takes uh, proud and powerful away from the inner circle.
1: I'd say so too, because they are due a title opportunity slash a title run anytime soon. And they'll only get it if they leave in a circle.
0: And uh, God knows how this Kingston Jericho feud th- turns out.
1: I mean, I'm intrigued by it because all this while we've seen, we've been seeing Jericho do a lot of comedy shit. It's after or uh, during his Le Champion days, like when he was the world champion. So like there were few serious elements, but it was mostly comedy. He was doing the, more of the comedy half, be it he was facing uh, mocks, uh, He was facing Cody, you know, he was doing that who wears a scarf thing well while he was talking about mjf and then after that you know he was facing mocks and after that the whole stadium stampede thing and then the feud with mjf the story the entire story so he's largely been involved in a lot of comedy stuff and this is probably his first opportunity or uh, like in aw where he could go like you know 100 serious and kingston is going to be the shit out of him which is which is what i'm hoping for and uh also get i mean if Kingston already has like a great amount of, you know, going toe to toe with the guys like Miro, CM Punk, and now even Chris Jericho. So that'll also help him, you know, elevate in the title pitch and hopefully get a title run somewhere like in the next couple of years.
0: I want Kingston to fully expose Jericho on the mic. Me too. Yeah. That's all I, that's all we want because Jericho, I say this every week is, you know, getting, you know, a little boring. Stale. You know, I mentioned uh, the uh, singing to Judas is not, you know, the end all be all now.
1: Yeah, that's the only thing that's keeping him relevant. So, might as well roll with it, right?
0: Let's hope for the best, man. Let's hope for the best. But we heard from the living Lucha Legends, the AAA uh, Tag Team Champions, FTR. So, they are talking about, you know, now this... Uh, when are they going to be, you know, finally getting that title shot, that fair title shot, you know, and talked about Lucha Bros, you know, they have beaten Lucha Bros several times. And once I think they beat them at Triple Mania or the this last past, show last week.
1: Last Friday, yeah, like last Friday for shoot or last Saturday, I guess they were wrestling uh... Lucha Bros in in a ladder match for the AAA Tag Team Championships and FTR was also managed by Vicky Guerrero for that match and they won the damn thing. So
0: yeah, and uh, they also mentioned the only time Lucha Bros beat FTR that was with shenanigans like they didn't beat the legal guy in that match. So we are getting finally getting a proper rematch between uh, Lucha Bros and FTR. This is happening at Rampage this week. And uh, my question is, is Rampage taped or live? It's taped.
1: It's taped. taped.
0: Any spoilers?
1: No, I'm trying to avoid it as much as I can. But the only thing I, I mean, of course, I won't spoil it. Uh, Even though it was like a minor spoiler, which is not related to any match or any result or whatever. But uh, yeah, I'll I'll get to that. We'll get to that eventually.
0: Mm, Should be a good match for, you know, a one hour Rampage.
1: Yeah, but a part of me feels that this match either won't happen, or uh, of course they'll mostly try to save it for a later date, because uh, what do you say? It's a taped show, so I w- I'm not expecting the title to change hands. Plus, a match like this, even though it happened on a pay per view already, they deserves a bigger stage because the rivalry is as heated as you know, Lucha Bros and FTR.
0: I think we are ready for the payoff because this thing has been going on for a while. You know, they even, you know, swapped uh, partners with Park and Penta. You know, I I think they had a match last week on Rampage. Yep. So it's time they finally, you know, put this to dust and Lucha Bros could move on to new challengers.
1: Probably, but uh, let's see what happens
0: but uh let's talk about uh, another tag match here this is the young bucks they are finally back to competition they are facing uh, chaos members chucky T and rocky romero and uh, i was surprised that this match went more than 10 minutes like this felt like a big match for tv standards
1: yeah, this match went way too longer than what i expected to, to be because and of course, like there was like an an entire giant ass ad break also in the middle, which extended the match even further, and of course the whatever happened, like you know for the finish and also the post match, I thought it was easily around twenty minutes. this match had to have been yeah. including the including whatever happened like around the finish of the match
0: yeah the and the thing about this match was there was good wrestling like uh, initially there was some good wrestling you know and it is as the match went by the crowd uh, you know kind of became dead mm, it until we got it to the final parts yes like uh as they picked up the pace as uh, the final parts of the match then we saw you know the crowd you know getting interested in this match and those near falls at the end really helped i guess
1: yeah but for the most part like there was a lull period when uh chuck taylor was getting worked on by the bucks like they had the shenanigans aspect but the bucks of course they were trying to go with their usual over the st- over the top stick you know nick jackson being nick jackson and then matt jackson just doing like a couple of cartwheels and then just jogging to do just a back rake so uh, like It got the fans invested at some point, but then once there was, like, just before the ad break, when they, like, you know, fully started working on Chuck, that's when it extended, like, way longer. And I thought even the ad break was, like, so long by itself. So, which, you know, extended the match as a whole. And, uh, yeah, but like you mentioned the end, like, you know, there were a lot of near falls and, of course, the spots with Orange Cassidy doing his, uh, doing Orange Cassidy things. And then Chuck Taylor, of course, Be I think it was Nick Jackson who was outside uh, when Chuck Taylor gave him a soul food, the uh, eat defeat or the, the move. And then there was like a, lo- a lot of uh, aerial moves, like Rocky Romero was doing a crossbody and then Chuck Taylor was getting a super kick. And of course, like I mentioned, the Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole. Bit. So that heat that, of course, heated up the crowd a lot more. And of course, the near falls as well, which helped, you know, build some interest into the matchup. It was a match um, of two halves, for lack of a better term.
0: Indeed, indeed. Um, so I got a question for you. You being a big pop culture guy, I want to know, why does Nick Jackson do the
1: It's a reference from the show called Arrested Development. Like I haven't watched the show myself, I've been wanting to but apparently it's a thing from there so that's I mean, as great per, as per what i've read mostly
0: the, i think that really gets a pop from me every time it does that and whenever it does that randy savage you know impression that is oh. a top notch impression man
1: yeah, uh, like there was a clip from, I think, last month's Being the Elite episode when Kenny was still world champion. So they had this part where uh, Nick Jackson was doing the, like he was doing a random uh, macho man impression. And then they were talking about Stockholm Syndrome. And then Nick Jackson goes like, you effing got Stockholm Syndrome up in this son of a bee. So it's, it was, it has been trending on Twitter for a while. So, and Nick Jackson being Nick Jackson, so it's like over as well.
0: Nick Jackson is actually a funny guy because he could do comedy with a straight face.
1: <laughs> yes, like a, that's total, you know, dry slash deadpan humor on his end. So, kudos to that.
0: But uh, let's talk about this match, we talked about the near falls, you know, crowd being dead for a while really picked up at the end, you know, we got the involvement of Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy from their side, you know, trying to assist their teams. So potentially they're building towards a singles match between Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole. So there is this spot, like the crowd really part for this one, like the Bucks teased doing a dive on Rocky and Chucky, but instead They went to the outside. Super kiss on the outside. Huge reaction. And let's get to the final parts. Uh, The Bucks, actually, I think it was Matt Jackson and Rocky Romero. Really Mm. great, you know, exchanges. And I love how uh, Matt Jackson pulled Rocky Romero for the tombstone. And they finally hit the Meltzer driver. It's been a while since I saw that. So the Bucks win. No surprise. You know, they are the top guys in this situation here. So there was a big post-match angle as well as the super click are beating on the rest of the you know best friends here. That is you know Chuck Taylor, uh, Orange Cassidy, and Rocky Romero. But uh, I think something else happened. Like yeah. okay, yeah,
1: Wheeler Utah also got uh, beat up.
0: Did Wheeler Utah actually came for the save?
1: Yeah, That's he did. question. He did. He was beating up Adam Cole first and then he gets uh, super kicked by the Bucks.
0: Okay. So basically this, these heels are beating on the baby faces. But, uh, so we saw a Panama sun- sunrise from Adam Cole on Orange Cassidy. And I think they wanted to hit a triple BTE trigger on Cassidy. But we hear the best friends theme, And then a van pulled up. It's Sue. And uh, who? Guess who was on the back seat? It is. It's the Blade. The Blade is back on national television. here yeah. on AEW, right? I it don't was think
1: the Blade, it, right? I don't think the Blade ever left though.
0: Was it the Blade or John Moxley? It
1: was a love child of both of
0: them. It's actually Trent. Man, Trent has a nice buzz cut. He got rid of the hair. I think it has to do with JR continuously, you know, talking about the strongest headband in the business today. Yeah. He got an ad for that one.
1: Yes. I kind of miss that now because uh, like it it made him look different in a way because like with the long hair and of course the headband. Now with the bald look, I mean the buzz cut look, it'll take me a while to get used to it because ever since I've been watching Trent Barretta, he's always had long hair. But
0: it was like a, yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, it was actually Trent, not the Blade. Uh, For a second, I thought it was the Blade. So, (laughs) he has this new look. He comes out of the van, uh, gets a good look. Kiss from Sue. We love Sue. She's the most over mom in the business today. Certified
1: by Taz and Excalibur as well. The most over mom in the business.
0: So Trent, you know, is cleaning house, beating each and everyone. He dumped someone on his head. I think it was Nick Jackson or Matt Jackson, one Nick. of the Bucks. So uh, basically he did the save for his teammates. He's finally back from a serious injury, by the way, which is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. had Like he's had a couple of injury relapses over the past year, which is like sad because I remember during the feud with Miro and Kip Sabian, he was having, uh, he had a neck surgery and then he returned at the Arcade Anarchy, the match that they had, the brawl, including video games. That's when even Chris Tatlander had returned and joined the best friends. So that was when he returned. And after, I think, a couple of months, he got injured again. This time it was a spinal issue. And now he's back. I hope, I hope he remains injury free, like, you know, best wishes to him. And it's awesome to see him back, like. If you would have told me like in 2010 that Trent Beretta would be one of the most over guys in wrestling, I would have, I would have probably like, you know, laughed myself. But here we are and but he's fucking awesome. So great stuff.
0: This was a really good moment. You know, he gets uh, get rid, get rid of like he gets rid of the heels. Uh, uh, we got to see the big group hug and another one with yeah. Sue. And, start and uh, this was a really feel good moment.
1: Yeah, it was show, so I it was so wholesome, like, of course, Sue is also over. And of course, the best friends are best friends. It was, it was very wholesome. Like I almost teared up at one point, just seeing everyone together. And I'm not even making this up. Like it was so it was beautiful to see everything, whatever that happened after. that.
0: You have to give the people what they want, man.
1: Yep. And of course, you know, Trent also being a hometown boy. He's also from Long Island and then getting this reception from the crowd, making his big return and fuck. Yeah,
0: there you go, man. There you go. But uh, yeah, I think we are doing maybe a super click and uh, best friends feud for a while.
1: Yeah, it's probably happening at the TBS premiere is what I feel.
0: Yeah, I think this is a way upgrade for best friends, you know, they were doing something with uh, Matt Hardy and uh, Oh, the HFO. yes, yes. So, it's, a,
1: it's a big time upgrade, man. I was so fucking sick of that feud.
0: By the way, did you hear that Matt Hardy actually is maybe will be getting rid of the big money? Gaming?
1: Yeah, he mentioned that on Twitter, right? Like, uh, you will be getting authentic Matt Hardy from now on authentic Matt Hardy tweets. Hmm.
0: Uh, that's good, but uh, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's still big money man for now.
1: Yeah, he is. Uh,
0: but anyways, uh, let's talk about the TBS tournament. Uh, uh, we heard an interview with uh, Ruby Soho, but uh, like always, it is interrupted by the Bunny and Penelope Ford. You know, I think they were to- just. You know, making fun of Ruby here and they were talking about this six man match that has been booked The so six women six women. Six, man, six women god so this is uh penelope ford and uh the bunny and nyla rose so they will be facing ruby soho so in this situation they were making fun of ruby so do you have any friends
1: ruby solo
0: yeah they even did the ruby solo joke here that was and my good. question is my question is who wrote this promo bruce
1: oh, i i thought i thought it was a funny line like the entire premise i could care less but uh, that line was somewhat good and then like when nyla rose did the surprise bits the like forearm smash to rupi so i thought that was also great because nyla rose is awesome yeah you i saying- was
0: i was ready to walk off when this segment was happening but nyla rose came in out of nowhere and i started laughing
1: yeah. Surprise, bitch. <laughs> and then... Nyla uh, Rose is
0: super underrated, let me tell you.
1: Oh, for sure. Like, if there's, like, a big um, women's competitor in wrestling, like, who is very, like, you know, big in size and, of course, so athletic, I think Nyla Rose also takes the claim for that because she's yeah, she is very underrated. And, of course, like, her, the gift of gab that she has is awesome as it is.
0: Don't forget the Twitter game.
1: Oh, that's what like, I just mentioned. That like the gift of GAP with the abilities to speak or tweet.
0: Bro, Nyla Rose's you know comic timing is way better than the entire Queens Crown tournament. There you go.
1: The entire the Queens Crown joke of the week.
0: But yeah, we are getting a six-woman uh, tag at Rampage. This is going to be Ty Conti and AJ uh, who will be you know teaming with Ruby So. Facing you no know, the heels mentioned Nyla Rose, Bunny, Penelope before so yeah. Yeah, should be good. Should be good. When when are the rest of the TBS tournament matches happening?
1: Uh, has to happen because there's only like a couple more matches left before the finals, which will definitely happen at the TBA at the TBS premiere of Dynamite. I mean they have they have to do that. Uh, So my guess is probably either the Christmas and New Year Year shows, they'll have one semifinal each or probably one. No, they didn't announce any match for Dynamite, right? Next week.
0: No, Winter is coming.
1: Oh, yes. Fuck. Right. So probably like the Rampage after that or uh, the couple of Dynamites after.
0: Yeah, basically they're skipping a week or so, I guess. Hmm.
1: I think it's fair because Uh, they, they need like an occasion of their own. And so far I think the, the TBS tournament has been booked really well. So great stuff.
0: Yeah, I think it will make sense until we get to the TBS debut, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, the final has to happen there. I don't see it happening anywhere else.
0: But this is regarding the TBS championship. Let's talk about the TNT championship. Uh, we are Shivani interviewing the TNT champion. This is Sammy, Sammy, Sammy Guwara. So he's talking about, you know, his next open challenge. And out of nowhere, Cody Rhodes shows up from the babyface tunnel. Not from the entranceway or the huge ramp. For so a came out Yeah. After Punk, this guy uh, is the next, guy, uh, you know, wrestler who got major hit like Cody Rhodes gets major hit every week now it's a thing so he comes in he says he's not going to you know uh blindside you No, you know it's a very cheap comment here
1: yeah from one good guy to another I thought that was a very hilarious line from Cody Bro, the crowd Cody was... Rhodes
0: looks like he was in an accident
1: oh my god like we didn't review Dynamite last week but what the fuck was that match, man? The him like yeah, I
0: res- I respect I respect yeah. him for doing that, but it is do debatable. I, was it stupid or not?
1: Yeah, it was. I felt it was. Like the match was good, but, uh, but the ending kind of ruined it. And that has been so, the case with AEW, unfortunately. Whenever they go the extra mile with like you know spots like these, whenever there is like a fire or some disaster involved.
0: So feels like uh, Cody Rhodes is done with uh, Malakai slash Andrade slash FTR program.
1: Yeah, man, last week he just beat, like he's, a, he had already beaten Malakai in a no DQ match. And now he beat Andrade by jumping into the fire. So,
0: okay. So very weird payoff in a way. <laughs> I don't know what the payoff was actually. Yeah. But. He comes in and he actually challenges Sammy for a T anti-title match. So I think this match is happening next week.
1: No, it's on the like the week after winter is coming. It's on the Christmas episode and they're in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. So I don't really have a good feeling about this. I'm scared. Me too. Because uh, like North Carolina is also like one of Cody's quote unquote home because when he debuted as a wrestler in WWE, his first hometown build was Charlotte, North Carolina. So, And they are in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina at that point, where Greensboro Coliseum is there. So I don't really have a good feeling about this, to be honest.
0: 90% chance Sammy retains. There has been you know, a little story to Cody and Sammy Gouar. Like they faced off in the first dynamite yeah the very uh, first, the first
1: the very match. first the very first match in dynamite history was cody versus sami
0: yeah it would make sense if sami gets the victory but there is a small chance man that cody says fuck it i'm beating this guy taking the title
1: <laughs> i'm going over brother
0: i don't know man but uh, we also heard from uh, ethan page and scorpio sky as well they brought the news that dan lambert will be making his return And uh, I think Abby was very happy when he heard that. So yeah, Dan Lambert is coming back. And they mentioned that they should be in line to get this TNT title shot and mentioned that if they were in this EVP position, they could have easily got this title shot. But yeah, I think when this Cody thing is done, they would be no getting in that TNT title picture, especially I'm talking about Ethan Page. I think Scorpio.
1: Scorpio. Scorpio, He's in like the top five rankings. They even mentioned that in the promo. Like, you've been ducking me. I had to. Like, Ethan Page was like, I am. I've scratched through hoops and clawed my way into getting one match with you when it's an open challenge. And Cody just got it by kissing Tony Khan's ass. If he was EVP, he would have done the same thing. But. Enough about me. You've been ducking someone who's in the top five rankings, and then Scorpio does his spiel saying that, you know, he at any given opportunity he'll beat Sami Guevara for the championship. So there you go. That's the build, if any, for a future match that they would have. But, you know, they have to cross through, Sami has to cross through a hoop like Cody Rhodes to in order to get to a future match with Scorpio Sky. But if there is a way because i personally haven't really gotten to enjoy sami's reign as much because like there has been open challenges there have been some pretty good matches but it hasn't had that oomph like you know someone like miro had because he made the tnt championship mean something and uh, probably like if he gets to win over cody if hopefully Sammy gets to win versus Cody It'll be like a good shot in the arm That his title reign so desperately needs And beating someone like Beating someone like Cody Rhodes And uh, you know Who was the very first TNT champion Mind you So that'll that'll be a good uh, boost For his title run So hoping that it galvanizes his reign And of course leads to bigger and better things Until he drops the title
0: Hey, at least uh, there is another story with uh, Sammy and Men of the Year, Scorpio Sky.
1: Yes. For the
0: TNT title, so that is pretty good. You know, we we could easily do a open challenge, you know, whenever on a random Dynamite, but at least there is some long term thing going on regarding this championship.
1: Right.
0: But uh, we'll have to wait and see. But let's talk about Jamie Hater versus Riho, and uh, Jamie Hater was accompanied by Reba. Sorry, Reba. Did I say Reba? Re- yeah, Rebel, not Reba. It's Reva, right?
1: Reba, yeah.
0: Reva, not Rebel.
1: It's Rebel, not Reva.
0: It's very confusing, man. But uh, there was Rebel and, you know, of course, Dr. Bitbreaker, TMD. So this match, the story is Reva, Reha. I said yeah. Reha, not Reho.
1: It's okay.
0: Even I think Excalibur was kind of, was this close to butcher, butchering the name here. I think he almost called Riho a rebel. Oh,
1: yeah. But... Yeah.
0: So, yeah, Riho is a uh, number one contender now for the Women's Championship. She beat uh, Britt Baker in the last Rampage. And what did you think about this match, man? Because I want to bring up this point. Uh, Riho, sometimes she's really great. Sometimes she's just, just off, I guess.
1: Yeah, I thought... This match was decent, mainly for like the final sequences, but uh, for whenever Jamie was getting the heat, whenever Iho was like at the defense, I thought it was pretty basic at that point because it was like a, it was a David versus Goliath match for what it was. And uh, for the most part, of course, like, you know, the big dominant Jamie hitter just kicking, I mean trying to beat down Riho and softening her up for for her eventual match with Britt Baker. So, that was the entire story and uh, that's that's where, and of course, it is also a wrinkle into the long-term Britt versus Jamie hater match. So, that is, that's another story that's going on. And uh, like, yeah, for that, I thought the match was decent overall. Overall, like, it picked up huge towards the end. So, yeah.
0: And the thing is, uh, you said the David versus Goliath, you know, terminology. Uh, Riho is, you know, it's not even kind of that believable for the David role as
1: well. That's... okay.
0: But like I said, in some... Uh, you know, uh, what, do, what do you want to say? Like I said, in some ways... Ryo is really great. She could really pull off great matches. Like, for example, you check out her match with Serena Deeb. Maybe the... Or even the initial matches she had with Nayala Rush That were actually great.
1: Even the match with Britt Baker she had, like, this past couple of weeks. So that was also a really good match.
0: Yeah, but it's I think it's the size that, you know, puts you off as a viewer.
1: Probably, but... There's also saying, right, it takes two to tango. So, probably we wouldn't have seen a better chemistry between Riho and Jamie Hater while this match was happening. So,
0: And even this match, it was really decent enough. There was one major botch, I guess. I think Riho completely missed Jamie Hater on a big crossbody.
1: Yes, but she made up good with that. Like, she just carried her and then threw her into the ring post. So that was like a good sale, good save by Jamie.
0: And I have to say, when Jamie Hater, you know, is really great at selling. Like, she sold immensely for even Rio.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: And th- there was this big, mm, like, f- finishing sequence where Rio did, I think, what do you call it, a cradle bomb?
1: No, uh, it's a crucifix bomb from the turnbuckle that she did.
0: And Jamie Hater almost lands on her neck.
1: <laughs> very kotaibushi vibes with that one
0: yeah kotaibushi breaks his neck in different ways
1: yeah but he's still strong. his neck has become like you know non-existent at one point because whenever he lands he's still strong as hell
0: yeah and uh, did you did you see how he broke his arm in a uh, g1 final it, phoenix splash
1: yeah, it was a crossbody, right? Yeah, the crossbody Phoenix splash or something. And then he just landed. Yeah, for something
0: like that. And he completely dislocated his arm.
1: Yeah. It
0: was Pretty underwhelming.
1: Yep. He'd, like the final was called off because of that, right? And Okada won the match by default.
0: Yeah, that was insane. Yep. But uh, let's get to this match. We very decent enough match. Uh, Ryo got the win. Finally with the double meteora the double knees actually and yeah that's the story with Britt baker and rio i think you could do it you could stretch it out i guess or you do it in the middle
1: and they'll do it in the middle for sure like um now battle of the belts no battle of the belts i feel is a bit too far for that they'll probably do it at the christmas episode or the jacksonville episode that they're doing for new year's either one of the two
0: Mm, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, there was a post match beatdown on Riho. She, a bit baker, actually locked in the lock jaw, and there you go. So, yeah, it we'll was a very weird.
1: It was a very weird lockjaw because she was like the hand that she was touching when she did the lockjaw with that. So, it was like a pretty different one to what we see regularly.
0: I think it was TV time, brother. brother
1: Yep, yep. Got to a, Got it. A
0: uh there was another thing with regarding the tbs in a tournament we heard from thunder rosa and jade cargill and uh, did they even uh, announce the date for this match or
1: no 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 they didn't. like the
0: other situation yeah is it going was to just winter is
1: coming? yeah it was just a high promo for the match the eventual match that happened and uh, that will happen and of course the like you know this past week on rampage when uh, jade cargill faced one of thunder rosa's students and then they just beat the beat each other up and of course Thunder are making the save and the brawl after that so it was just a recap of that plus building towards the match so which was decent
0: let me tell you what was not decent this announcement from taz he was actually was saying this after what happened you know earlier on with ricky starks and the betrayal of dante martin so he was trying to build this big announcement and we finally got this announcement and let me tell you we were not ready we oh. were not ready for this announcement we were. so he said uh this rampage for one second i thought he, he may be saying that we could be getting punk versus ricky Starks, but no we are getting the long awaited debut of hook the crook he, he is, finally you know steps in the ring
1: he was finally sent. he was finally sent send hook
0: like yeah, you wanted send hooks, send hooks. You are finally getting hook here, and he will be making his debut against uh, my boy, Fuego del Sol. So, should be good, man. Pretty intrigued.
1: Yeah, that is the only spoiler that I've seen. Like, of course, the match, I'm expecting him to pick up the victory, but there was just the, his entrance video with his ring gear. And of course, you know, Twitter being Twitter, they were just go, like, gushing all over hook the crook.
0: Yeah, see, Tony Khan got so desperate, you know, seeing the Rampage numbers. So he's pulling out all stop here.
1: Yeah, the big draw. That's what that's what people want to see.
0: The 18 to 49 demo for this Rampage will go through the roof.
1: Yes, and it will get more ratings than NXT 2.0, that's for sure.
0: Bro, it will beat SmackDown in the demos.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: There you go. But uh, let's talk about the Wall Street blots again. They showed up in his uh, interview segment with Tony Shivani. I don't know what they were actually talking about, but the lights go out. There is Malachi Black. He shows up and Black missed to Julia Hart and God bless Julia Hart, man. She actually sold it like it was an accident or something. She was in a car accident or something. She was screaming the hell.
1: Yeah, I, I it looked scary to be honest seeing julia hart you know wincing in pain and uh, like i think they were talking about like you know these varsity plans were getting like a lot of wins under their belt and i think they are number uh, ranked number two or number three in the rankings so they were just addressing to that and just before griff garrison could say something it all like the it, the arena blacked out and then malachi appeared and then he missed julia hart so I have a feeling that, uh, you know, with the whole House of Black teas that uh, Malika has been doing, they might build his own stable. I know one person who is definitely going to join him, but uh, there is another person that could probably be Julia Hurt as part of his thing. Because when he's missing, because this thing is like, you know, it's the fan theory or whatever it was with The Fiend, if you remember. His whole hurt or heel stick. So Malakai, whenever he spits out mist into someone's eyes, he's make, lean, moving them to a darker side. Happened with Cody Rhodes, you know, him just beating.
0: basically a curse.
1: Yeah, it's a curse. It's a, it's a hurt hurt thing with the fiend blur. And uh, like the one person that I know who's definitely going to join him in A W is uh, Brody King because he's basically Alistair Black like a little upsized and. Uh, they're also, I believe they are also the PWG Tag Team Champions at this point. Yep. So, that is something that is definitely going to happen in AEW. And whenever they eventually have a match with Vasity Blondes, I think Brody King is going to be that tag team partner of Malakai. And then, you know, probably corrupt Julia Hart and have her join the stable as well. So, this is what I'm feeling that will happen. This is what I feel that will happen, sorry
0: okay so should be good i guess nothing big of a program and you mentioned Brody king bro even cm punk mentioned that he wants him in AW. yeah
1: which is like a great place for someone like him who's like you know relatively unknown to a mass crowd because i mean of course the die-hard wrestling fans know him but aw is also you know watched by a few casual viewers so that will open a lot of eyes once he eventually appears and then because, and if that's a match that is going to happen in future, fuck yeah, I'm interested in that because it's going to be a, it's going to be a good, like, you know, battle of kicks plus punk, being a veteran, more into a technical side. And then, speaking of which, I'm also like desperately waiting for an eventual punk versus Malakai match. That should be awesome.
0: And you uh, were uh, talking about Brody King. He was say, and currently he is still. An ROH guy. We know the situation with ROH. And I'm desperately, you know, waiting for the Briscoes to show up.
1: They were backstage at an AW show the past couple of weeks.
0: Even Jonathan Gresham was backstage for an AW show.
1: Yeah, he was He was there last week. But he's also starting his own wrestling promotion. I'm not sure if that's an indie or it's uh, something that, you know, he'll look to build long term. But... Uh, that's a th- that's also a thing that is going to happen, but yeah, I mean, I feel that it's going to be like Thunder Rosa. She's running her own promotion, but also she's appearing on national TV with AEW, so there is a possibility, you could say.
0: Wrestling is cool, man. Wrestling is cool.
1: No, for sure, man.
0: But before we talk about this main event, is there anything we are forgetting, man? Uh,
1: no, I mean. It, in as a match, no. But uh, for rampage, apart from the matches that we announced, there is also another match that is booked, which is uh, Adam Cole versus Wheeler Utah with uh, Young Bucks and Bobby Fish by uh, Cole's side and Trent Chuck and uh, Orange at uh, Utah side. So that's going to be something. But there you go. Your prediction is somewhat coming true, though. With uh, undisputed yeah. undisputed era possibly forming in AEW.
0: But oh, what about boy boy Johnny Wrestling man?
1: Oh man, I, he's his contract just got expired at midnight, so. I have I have a feeling he won't return to wrestling until probably early next year or uh, like by Feb or March or something. So if we are seeing him in AEW, there is a good chance it could happen at or just before Revolution. Because of so, course,
0: I think Johnny Gargano will fit easily in AEW. Oh, like
1: hundred. He is a
0: guy that is a great candidate for a TNT terror. Imagine this guy wrestling every week, you know, defending. He's de- doing his own open challenges, kind of like what Sami is doing.
1: Yes, and of course, not to forget the eventual dream match with uh, Brian Danielson. So that's also something that we are waiting for. We were hoping that we would have gotten that in WWE, but unfortunately, it wasn't to be. But a part of me also feels that he'll return to WWE, if, but the chances are like very less compared to him uh, showing up in AEW. But Kyle O'Reilly is a 100% percent show in for <laughs> AEW, that's what I think.
0: Yeah, if that's the case, let him make him let him make that money, man.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. And of course, and like you know, with fatherhood approaching, you have to make the bank right.
0: Yeah, and if Nikon Nikan ever calls him, then he will decide what his next journey will be.
1: Yep. But I don't think Nikkan cares though as much.
0: Does Nick even know how to pronounce Johnny Gargan? That's uh I
1: think he does.
0: I think he does. Does Vince McMahon know how to pronounce Johnny Gargano? That's the question.
1: Ah, I'm not sure about that. But a But, uh, shall we
0: talk about the Dynamite main event?
1: Yep, yep, yep. What did it do?
0: This is uh, Brian Danielson versus John Silver, aka Johnny Hungi. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Pop.
1: I'm sorry I think we forgot another thing that was announced for next week on uh, winter is coming which is uh, Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deep
0: How did I forget that man that was actually something that they uh, have built towards for the last
1: couple months, of months or weeks couple of months like the first match was around Shida's 50th win the second was uh, TBS title match uh, TBS tournament match and this is the third Hopefully a blow-off, but I wouldn't get tired seeing these two wrestle because awesome, stuff.
0: There you go, man. Uh, this was a really good non-title feud.
1: Yeah. yeah. Better than Queenstown as a whole, so there you go.
0: Like obviously, man. Come on.
1: <laughs> I but tried. Let's
0: to. talk about Brand
1: Danielson. Yeah, let's talk
0: about Brian Danielson versus John Silver. Like I said, John Silver, Hong guy. From My London boy, Island.
1: Johnny Hungry represent. Larry.
0: Yeah, um good reaction for him as well. And uh, like the rest of the dark order matches, like didn't it was okay. Like uh, the aim is to keep, you know, Danielson, you know, he gets the he's getting booed. Uh, basically acting like a heel now.
1: Yeah, he's still coming from the baby face tunnel and uh, there's a good chance he'll just turn back face next week after facing Hangman.
0: That's how it works, man, even in WWE. He was heel for a while. And then he got hot. Again as a baby face.
1: Yep. And it's Bri- of course, it's also Brian Danielson. If there's anyone who knows to work a crowd super well, it's him.
0: But uh, but his heel run lasts only for a couple of days. Yeah. Because I think he works better. Now, he works better as heel as also. But the crowd uh, loves to cheer him, not boo him.
1: Even in this case, like, I wasn't... Ready to boo Danielson? Plus, of course, like you know, I wouldn't because he's such a great this thing. But you know, I wasn't ready to see him as a heel. It makes sense with you know getting Hangman over because if Danielson was still a face, he would have been more over than Hangman, which would have been detrimental to his you know burgeoning title run. So I thought it worked in that sense. It I mean it's working in that sense just to get more goodwill behind Hangman.
0: So yeah, like you. Even you mentioned here, Danielson is basically now a you know a temporary heel. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a temporary I heel w- is like a better way to put it instead of a tweener.
0: Do you know who's going to be a permanent heel? Oh. CM Punk.
1: Let's see where that goes.
0: You hold that thought. We'll talk about this match. So it was a good enough match, you know, they gave John Silver, you know, some moments, you know. And I liked this spot where Danielson was, you know, he was on the offense dominating John Silver and saying like, who is this guy? Who is this John Silver guy? He's basically a joke. That was the whole body language that we saw from Danielson here. And there was this spot where he was doing missile drop kicks, doing a kip up, and, you know, just, you know, posing to the crowd and getting that hit. And he did that again for the second time. It was uh, worked again and it was... Uh, trying for the third time but this time it backfired and silver caught danielson in a sudden Bomb-bomb. power bomb which looked
1: l- insane scary it was scary knowing you know brian's neck issues which had him retired at one point and of course it if that spot had gone like just a little bit wrong it would have led to an instant concussion which was even scary
0: well this is a guy who Russellestled Brock Lesnar
1: Yeah, and even then he got dropped on his head, which we were scared about him getting concussed or something.
0: And uh, there uh, there was another German suplex spot, which looked insane. And I have to say, John Silver, it's a really good looking German suplex. The snap on it was a thing of beauty.
1: Yeah, he does it well with the combo move with Alex Reynolds, which is awesome by itself. I'm using the word awesome a lot because I'm so happy watching this episode. Sorry. But uh, there was like, uh, you know, he did that uh, pump kick onto uh, leaning Danielson onto the middle rope. And then he hits the German suplex. I think that is more devastating than his combo with Reynolds.
0: But uh, at the end, Danielson was the one who got the victory. I think what happened was he initially hit him with a roundhouse kick or the running knee. What happened? Like what happened in the final sequence?
1: So uh, there was a moment where Danielson was had gotten back into the offense that he reversed Silver's momentum while uh, you know Silver was making the run onto him, and then Danielson hits the Busaiku knee, and uh, then he just takes him out with the Gotch pile driver and then he takes out with the half nelson submission move on to a uh, leaning john silver so that was it when john silver had passed out by that point and uh, that was the end of the match but uh, you want me to continue with the post-match or
0: yeah please do i think we had a promo
1: yes so danielson wasn't finished with that so he tapped out john silver or let's say made him pass out but he wasn't letting go of the hold until like he was taken out by Bryce Rems' work from that. And uh, Danielson was celebrating with the wave, hand wave. And then he said he wasn't done with it. And uh, then he just goes on to a promo saying, each and every single week, I had made a promise to beat kick all of Dark, Ma- Dark Order members' heads. in. there was one week, it was Evil Uno, second, it was Cold Cabana, thought it was Allen Angels, and now John Silver. And then I'm gonna kick everyone's head in. I made the promise. Then he just drops the mic and just stomps uh, John Silver, and then Hangman makes the save to uh, for Silver, and then Brian. Then he just beats down Brian for a while, and then Brian escapes. And then Hangman just says one line. He says, uh, "Next week, I'm going to stomp the cowboy shit out of you." And then he just drops the mic, and that was the entire segment slash promo whatever you want to call it post match and then we fade to black for the shows and
0: so there you go we are getting the match next week should be a really great match but uh um, i find it a little weird here like if you think in that way that danielson is the heel in this situation he is the guy who has i uh, you know uh, been wrestling every
1: week yes how many
0: times has hangman paid result after winning the title zero so are we expecting something else as in uh, terms of outcome for next week's match
1: i hope not because they haven't done much with hangman as a champion because this is his first feud and they just like it's uh, the whole story has been the danielson versus the dark order and besides that like This should be Hangman's victory. I don't want it to be Danielson's with all due respect. And of course, that should be the message or that should be the intention behind building this match because they wouldn't turn Brian heel otherwise if, you know, the entire goal was to get Hangman over as champion.
0: I don't know, man. I don't know. There could be, you know, AEW could go to the WWE route. Small no, chance, but
1: no, 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 not for the heat, brother, not for the heat. Not for the heat? Not for the heat, man. Bully Ray can fuck off. Uh, there was one thing that I wanted to point out. Like, last week, if you remember, Tony Khan tweeted out and Hangman mentioned on the commentary that he, him and Brian weren't allowed to face each or, you know, get in contact with each other. Otherwise, both will get suspended before the title match. So that was something that was enforced last week, but this week Hangman was able to attack Danielson, like nothing happened, and then uh, Danielson makes the escape.
0: Um, so, so, it's so do Hang- things going to happen now?
1: I don't know. I feel they will just a last
0: forget. a last minute, a last minute cancellation.
1: And they're just going to forget about it so and the match is good to take place as it is
0: I think tony can breach this contract and you know cut the one week from this yeah. stipulation
1: yeah he's like now one week uh John silver cut that I'm going to touch Brian and then he was like nah fuck it I'm not letting this happen
0: but uh to be honest at least they should have given Hangman a big match in this whole build, a big match.
1: Yeah, just to you know, warm himself up, get into wrestling shape for the lack of a better term, before facing someone yeah, like Danielson.
0: Yeah, you could have done a QT Marshall Hangman match.
1: Yeah, or uh, probably yeah, any of the factory members also would have been good. But uh, I
0: don't know, man. Let's see, that match should be really great and there you go man, that was Dynamite here in Long Island, really good show and uh, next week is winter is coming. Any expectation from that show because of the name? No. Not at all?
1: I mean expectations, my only expectations is, is going to be a very good show because if you notice, like you know they've been slowly building up the excitement slash uh quality of the show because the entire goal was to build up to the winter is coming show because in the past couple of weeks i mean yeah past couple of weeks show has been a bit i mean it's been good but it's also been eh this week was also like just another step towards building up to that pay-per-view slash you know tv show episode special episode So the entire hype is just around that show and uh, I thought it's like they're going to knock it out of the park with the Winter is Coming show. it is Any debut? No. I mean, probably, I don't want Wyndham to debut but I'm not keeping any expectations with debut. Whoever shows up will show up and uh, if it's good for the company, good for us. I mean, it's good for the fans, then good for everyone
0: if we don't see any debuts at least i want to see sting or darby allen doing their entrance uh, in a snowboard.
1: oh in snow. that should happen somehow and even last week like uh, you know we forgot we forgot to mention like the undefeated streak is no more now colton Gunn has finally been submitted so the
0: back of the line goes colton gun
1: he was always back of the line. He was undefeated all this while, and he didn't get a single sniff at the title picture. Why the fuck?
0: And uh, in other news, uh, before we wrap things up, uh, Billy Gunn and Colt are Jim Cornette's second favorite tag team in all Elite Wrestling.
1: First being FTR. So,
0: my point. But yeah. uh, with that uh, being said, where can these guys find it?
1: So you can find me on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Reda underscore Aman. And if you're watching this in video format, you can see it in any of the bottom corners. I still haven't figured out which one it is. So make that up, whatever. Bottom one? Yeah, somewhere in the bottom, left or right, wherever you see it.
0: And, And you can find Slam of Wrestling on Twitter at Slam of W. Instagram at Slam of Wrestling. You can catch this review on Anchor and Spotify as well. This Watch the AEW Dynamite review and we'll see you guys next time.
1: Adios.